Hello and welcome to this edition of Words from the Word of God. Thank you for joining me. The Cross of Christ. The Cross of Christ. We began this uh, series, and I don't know how long this series will run, but I think we need to. It's very important as the Lord leads that we look at every aspect of the cross of Jesus Christ our Lord. I know last time we were together, uh, we read from Hebrews chapter 12, and I want to touch on the first part of verse 2 and, and verse 3 there, uh, not to take anything out of context, but I want to touch on these uh, first part of the, both verses. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author, as in the Greek there, it carries the meaning originator and finisher of our faith. And then in verse 3, he says, For consider him that endureth such contradiction of sinners against himself. Consider him and looking unto Jesus. Folks, looking unto Jesus and considering him and his cross, that is the only place that humanity can find eternal hope, eternal joy and eternal peace that kind of security that kind it's not just for fire insurance but it is to be transformed uh, all the old passed away everything becomes new becoming a new creature in him going from damnation to salvation uh, for a destination of hell to the destination of heaven which he hath gone to prepare for us all this was made possible and is only made possible by his cross by his cross therefore all mankind must look unto jesus because he is the originator of our faith and he is a certainly the finisher of our faith he when he said it was finished on calvary's cross praise god the redemptive work of god was completed there is nothing to be added to it, and you certainly cannot take away from it. You cannot add to it. It is grace plus nothing for salvation. It is the gospel plus nothing for salvation. It is only by having your faith placed solely in Jesus Christ that you can receive salvation. As we continue on here, I want you to consider him as we look tonight and begin to look this evening at the eternal aspect of the cross of Christ. Can you imagine going to hear a symphony and only hearing the ending of every song played or to a baseball game where the teams only play the ninth inning or to a football game where they only play the fourth quarter? How would you react if someone came to you and began telling you a story about something that had happened to them, but they have only gave you the ending of their experience? If someone did this to us, we would immediately stop them and tell them to stop and say, start at the beginning. Well, my friends, this is what we must do if we are to glean the remarkable redemptive riches of the cross of Jesus Christ. We must start at the beginning. Many of you, uh, I fully uh, believe many of you, when you hear me say the word beginning, probably you automatically think of 
that I'm referring to the book of Genesis, which means Genesis means beginnings or origin. It is the book uh, of beginnings, the book of beginnings, as it is considered by many scholars, which is the account given to us by God of how he began his relationship with all of mankind. But the beginning that I am referring to is the beginning of God's redemptive plan for all of us, mankind as a whole, which according to God's word originated sometime in eternity past, when no one truly knows. But for us to be able to understand the full weight of God's love, mercy, and grace as manifested to mankind in the person of Jesus Christ our Lord and his cross, we must consider the eternal aspect of the cross of Christ. I would like to begin reading here. Uh, in Revelation chapter 13, uh, and we'll read verse 8 here. Now, I don't want to take anything out of context for sure, but I want you to understand God's redemptive plan did not start in the Garden of Eden. You know, we read there in Genesis 1-1, it says, in the, beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In our finite minds, we want to believe that that's where God begins. No, God is self-existent, and we will find out, and he is self-sustaining, and he is certainly eternal. He has no ending or beginning, uh, certainly. Uh, but let's read verse 8 here. He says, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. Now, this is speaking of, and this is John uh, on the Isle of Patmos. He's being given this revelation from the Lord Hey, and here he's speaking of all those that are on the earth that will worship the false prophet and, of course, the Antichrist. But here in the first part of this verse, that's who he's speaking of. He says, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written, listen closely, in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And then I'd like to turn over to First Peter chapter 1. I'd like to read verse 18 down through verse 20. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who barely was, listen closely now, who barely was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. My friends, please do not misunderstand as we go through these messages. We will never fully understand the eternal weight of God's glory in his redemptive plan for us this side of heaven because he is infinite. He is self-existent and self-sustaining. He is immeasurable and inconceivably great and extensive. God is eternal having no beginning or ending. God, is, he is eternal, and not only that, but it, he is three coexistent and co-eternal persons 
in one. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, the Trinity or the Triune Spirit. Trinity and Triune, those words are not found in Scripture anywhere, but the concept of the three-in-one Spirit of God and God being three persons in one, that concept is ever taught uh, faithfully in Scripture. Uh, not only that, but we will never understand the weight of God's glory and his redemptive plan for us because he's infinite. But you and I, my friends, are finite. That means we have definite and definable limits. We having we have a limited nature and an existence. Fact is, God is beyond us. Trying to fully understand him would be like a two-year-old trying to fully understand the complexities of relationships, marriage, and parenting. However, believe it or not, this fact that God is too immense for us and our finite minds to understand this should be comforting to us and not instead of discouraging because if god listen to this and i've heard a preacher say this over the years but something the lord put on my heart because if god was small enough for my finite mind or our finite minds to understand he would not be big enough to save anyone much less all of mankind the authors who were inspired of the Holy Spirit to write the Word of God greatly understood this. They understood that God was beyond our finite minds of finding out. Job in uh, the records, and it's recorded in the book of Job, chapters, I believe it's 17. I'm sorry, excuse me. Job chapter 11, verse 7 through 10. This is so far uh, speaking to Job. He said, canst thou, in verse 7, canst thou by searching find out God? Canst thou find out the Almighty unto perfection? It is as high as heaven. Who, What can thou do? Deeper than hell, what canst thou know? The measure thereof is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. If he cut off and shut up or gather together, then who can hinder him? Isaiah, I love the book of Isaiah, uh, Isaiah chapter 55, well-known verses of scripture here, verses 8 and 9, he says, for my thoughts, now this is the Lord God speaking, Elohim, the God of creation, Jehovah, Yahweh, or Yahshua, um, the, or Yahweh, the God of Israel, uh, the God of all mankind, he's speaking here, he says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heaven is higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Wow. Did you hear that? Let's read that again. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heaven are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. The eternal aspect of the cross, my friends, 
This is something we must consider. These are some reasons why it is very important and vital for all true born-again believers to read and feed upon the Word of God and for unbelievers to hear the Word of God because the Apostle Paul writes there in Romans chapter 10 is inspired by the Holy Spirit. He says, verse 17, for faith, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God to understand who God is. As revealed in his word, God the Father now is revealed in his word as manifested in God the Son, Jesus Christ the Lord, and made known to man by the convicting power of God the Holy Spirit. Now, as we look at these remarkable eternal truths, as we continue to look at the cross of Christ, I want you to see something. These are eternal truths that we continue to look at them. I, it is my prayers that we, all of mankind, will come to a much deeper acknowledgement and uh, appreciation for God's eternal redemptive plan for all of his image bearers by the cross of Christ. As Jesus said in his great intercessory prayer in John chapter 17, verse 3, and he's praying to the Father, he says, and this is life eternal, that they may know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent, that they may know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Folks, as we continue on looking at the cross of Christ and the eternal aspect of the cross, we must understand that, yes, we will not understand God's uh, <laughs> redemptive plan that was originated in him as Christ was foreordained before the foundation of the world. We will not understand it fully because our minds are finite. But we must understand that by trusting in him and knowing that before the world, for the universe was created, he loved us. And he had already formed in his heart and shown forth his mercy and his grace by ordaining his son, Jesus, the Messiah. Messiah means the chosen or the anointed one. Jesus Christ was anointed before the universe was ever created that he would die on Calvary's cross. As it said right there in the book of Revelation, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Join me again in, in the next broadcast. We continue to study together through the word of God and help me to pray that the Lord grant unto each of us understanding and help me to pray that these messages on the cross of Christ, the only place of eternal hope, eternal love, eternal peace, eternal joy, the only place of the cross of Jesus Christ would reach out and touch a lost soul, that one closest to hell today, that they would receive him before their, as their Lord and Savior before it's eternally too late. 
We are not promised a tomorrow, my friends. We need to be witnessing. We need to be preaching and proclaiming the gospel as the day of the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ draws ever near. We take one breath closer to death each and every day, one step closer to the grave. My friend, if you are in the sound of my voice and you are hearing these messages on the cross, if you have never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to understand about the free gift of God's grace. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. There's no amount of works you could ever do to attain that kind of righteousness. The only way that can come is for you to place all of your faith in the cross of Jesus Christ and him crucified and his blood shed for your redemption and your salvation and the forgiveness of your sins. My friends, if you have not yet received Christ, I invite you to do so today. All you have to do is turn Repent, turn from your wicked ways, turn from that sinful life, and turn to him, to turn to God by placing faith in his son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross at Calvary and shed every drop of his precious blood into the ground there for not only my sin and your sin, but the, for the sins of the whole world. I always like to think of John the Baptist, what he said there in cha John chapter uh, 1 verse 29 of the Gospel of John, verse 129, he said, and it says that he saw Jesus coming to him. He said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world, the cross of Christ, my friends. We must understand that it did not start uh, in the beginning. God created heavens and the earth. No, it began in the eternity past. Therefore, we must understand the eternal concept or aspect of the cross of Christ. Thank you for joining me today or this evening, and I look forward to the next time that we can share in a word from the Word of God. God bless.